Hi, I'm Kristen Luna, and welcome to Ladyland. Think about your closest friend. Maybe you know where she works, but do you know what she does all day? Do you know her job title? Do you know what she studied in school? Turns out, I didn't. So, I made a podcast to find out. Welcome to Ladyland. I'm your host, Kim Baldwin. This is a conversation with women from all walks of life and different backgrounds. It's funny at times, serious at times, but always honest. This is Ladyland. Kristen. Hi, Kim. How Thanks are for you? coming to Ladyland. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So I like to let my guests introduce themselves. Would you please introduce yourself? I would. I am Kristen Luna. I am a typical generation of the slashes in that I do all the things. I'm traditionally a journalist, but I have morphed into a content creator, photographer, a videographer, producer. We do all sorts of multimedia, um, an arts evangelist, and a resident rabble rouser. So That is a list. That's a lot of things. Man. Now you said we. Who is the we? Well, I say we because I have an other half of my business. Okay. He's not a lady. He's he's not. But he loves out. the ladies. He does. So yeah. So Scott is my husband and my business partner of about a decade, but really just full time the last three years. So yeah. would not be able to expand to do all the things without him. Yeah, you'd have to slash your slashes. Sla- yeah, that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> Thanks for coming to Nashville. Am I allowed to tell people that you live outside of uh, Metro Davidson? It's a secret, but uh, <laughs> we will tell all the listeners of Ladyland that I was born and raised in Tullahoma, and Ooh. after flitting around the globe, I have settled back in Tullahoma, a mile from my mom's house. So, so Wednesdays are your Nashville day. Wednesdays are my Nashville days. I come up and I do yoga. I see all the cool people like you. I, you know, check out the new restaurants, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like my version of a Sunday fun day every week. Yeah. Do you do all those things today? Day. I did all those things. You today. did some yoga. Did you did some acro. Yoga, checked out some new murals. There's a new Taylor Swift mural in the Gulch. Oh, oh my God. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so found some murals, got some Vietnamese food, uh, had some beer at Jackalope, which is one of our favorites. Um, yes. You know, got prepped for this with the beer at Jackalope. And now Perfect. We're here. Okay. Let's start with your slashes. I don't know if I can ask this. What do you make the most money from? Like, what's your biggest job title? My biggest job title for the past 15 years would be journalist, but I think in the last year or two, it's probably evened out to where I'm doing more custom content for tourism boards. And what, is cus- what do you mean? So I wear a journalism hat in that I still approach all projects as I would a traditional journalistic project in that I'm exploring a destination, telling the story of it through words and photos and video, but I'm actually hired by the tourism board instead of the magazine. Oh. So okay. basically, I started in journalism in the late 90s when I was about 15. and That's crazy. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> And I worked my way up, and I went to Swanee, and then I went to UT, and then I started working for newspapers, local alt-weeklies, anyone who would let me write for them. What were you writing? I was writing everything. I thought I wanted to be a sports reporter. Really? I did not know that. I know, but then I realized I don't really care about most of the sports. (laughs) 
what sport did you like? Well, I also played college sports. So oh, I that's played, right. I did know that. I played tennis and soccer. And then growing okay. up, I played basketball and softball and did track. Okay. So a lot of them. But okay. I went to school knowing I was going to be a journalist. But at Swanee, there just weren't a lot of opportunities to pursue that. And so I got hmm. my two years of my basic liberal arts education, which was great. And then I realized... <laughs> I was I did basically my math major and I was trying to do all sorts of other things like American studies and anthropology and nothing really was interesting to me like yeah. it wasn't what I wanted to be doing so I transferred to UT after a semester abroad and I finished up all my upper level classes there Okay got to start writing about everything. But then I went to New York from there. Like yeah. the day after I graduated, I moved to New York sight unseen. I yeah. had, Similar. <laughs> it's funny because back then, if you were going to kind of get in the door in magazines, you were some sort of a contract employee because no one wanted to bring on new people who they had to give benefits to. Sounds the, like 2019. Yeah, right? Yeah, not a lot has changed. <laughs> not a lot. But I was a, what was considered my badge to Newsweek said I was a non-employee. <gasps> I don't even Did know what that means. Did you keep it? No, I mean, to turn it in oh, when of you're done. So I was a researcher for Newsweek's international editions, and there were only five or six of us, and we worked Friday and Saturday nights, or like Friday from 10 a.m. until well uh-huh. into the night, and then Saturday before they shipped each issue. So we were kind of the wow. last people who saw it, and we went back and forth between the foreign correspondents and bureau chiefs around the world. So I think I had like India and Pakistan and um, Holy Afghanistan crap. and, you know, Iraq, yeah. and I was... 22. I mean, I, I didn't have any authority. I was just yeah fact-checking everything and making Still. sure. That, yeah. So it was cool. And um, I, because I was only working two days a week, obviously I had to get something like another job for the other days a week because I also wasn't getting paid. That was a non-employee was like basically an unpaid internship. But you we, weren't being paid? No. But we were all post-graduate. I mean, we had all graduated from college. The others were Columbia master's students in the journalism program. And I just finished UT. So I had to get a paid job the other days of the week. So what else was I going to do but go to Celebrity Weekly? So I worked at In Touch Weekly in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah I did so. know you worked there. So I kind of hopped around in New York. And then I wound up going to Europe for a year, which is where I met Scott. We did mm. this one-year program in international journalism and world politics. Very cool. I.e. we need kind of a visa to live abroad for a year and this was our Okay. So it wasn't, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to say it was somewhat career based, but for me, I just wanted, I thought I wanted to live in Europe long term. And so I thought this was my foot in the door there. And I mean, it gave me a husband. So there's that. But that was (laughs) many years down the line. I was not looking for that at the time. And I used my Newsweek non-employee connections (laughs) to write a column for Newsweek for my editor there. And I did not think to ask to get paid for years. I'm not even kidding. I wrote this free column for Newsweek. So I was a really bad entrepreneur at 22, 23. I was like, I can't imagine. I'm so lucky. I've got this column in Newsweek. We traveled all the time. I mean, European standards of education compared to America, it's like they don't ever expect you to be in class. And we're like, great, we'll go to Prague for the weekend or we'll go to Morocco for 10 days, which we did. Oh, that would be so nice. So I just constantly was pitching my editor back in New York. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to Spain and this new restaurant opened. And so I did a restaurant and a hotel column for about five years for them. Finally, in year three, I was like, hey, um, 
what's the rate for this? And I think it was like $125. It was really low. Wow. And I was like, oh, great. Who do I invoice? (laughs) I don't know if she thought this whole time I was invoicing or she was hoping I was never going to ask. Who knows? Now, one of the very first things I ask when someone approaches me is, what's the compensation or what is this pay? Because there's, you know, 36-year-old me, there's no beating around the bush. Like, I need to know if it's worth my time. I mean, I won't say that people shouldn't ever work for free because... Had I not done all these jobs, I don't think I would have really met the people I did yeah. now hire me for projects. But I've learned to be a little bit ballsier. Oh. It's, it's hard when you're 22. You don't know. Oh. There's no roadmap. I can't imagine. I can just barely do it now. <laughs> it's it's tough. Like, talking money is the hardest thing ever. So yes. back in the good old days, all the magazines paid $2 a word. So if you're... Oh, I've never known this. Yeah. So say, like, a one-page story just depends on the photo layout, but it may be, like, between 600 and 800 words. So okay. you're getting $1,600, which oh if you're God, just sitting down... Do and that math. If you're okay. sitting down and writing a story and then you never have to deal with it again, okay, $1,600 isn't bad But for that's it. never how it goes. Never how it goes. I mean, I write personal essays and it takes me like months. Months. And then you've got that back and forth with the editor. Yes. So I started oh just Oh my God. Getting... So you make no money. This is exactly. why no one. Okay. This is why people Like the whole world just made sense to me. <laughs> okay. This uh, is why everyone now like goes, moves to LA and writes for Netflix. Yes. Okay. So I just you... understood all of Twitter. <laughs> okay. That's why those people are on Twitter all day, like spending all day crafting, you know, 280 yeah. character tweets and they probably made, you know, $1,000. All my favorite day. writers literally moved to LA this year and now like write for Netflix. Yeah. None well, of them are journalists anymore. These tech companies value creativity and content in a way that publishing companies don't. And publishing companies just have not been able to figure out the monetization side yeah. that bloggers and anyone on the internet understands. And so magazines have always been behind that. And so instead of the rates rising, they've been falling very, very low since I first started 15, 20 years ago. So I get these asks from publications to write a story at a tenth of the rate they offered me 15 years ago. And I'm like, why that's would crazy. I do that? Yeah. So that's why we, wow. okay. we started getting into custom content probably about eight to 10 years ago, but I'd say the last three or four, it's the majority of what we do. So I tell everyone, go down a different writing path, Netflix or HBO. A lot of my friends that I worked with Yeah, what do York, you tell like college students when you speak? I say, do they, do, what do they ask you and then what do you say? They all always say, how do I start out as a travel writer? Of course they and I say, do. you don't because they're, I mean, you can be a travel writer still. You just have to think of different ways to do it if you ever want to make enough money to get by. Like okay. Guidebooks, I did probably. Oh, yeah. God, you I, did. I did over a dozen guidebooks. Did you Lonely Planet? I did Fromers and this one called Sasquatch Publishing. Okay. They had a, a line of books called The Best Places in California, The Best Places yes. in Tennessee. I did Globe Co., which I wrote a first edition book. Book called Tennessee Curiosities. And those books, it was a great experience mm-hmm. because I have a background in research from my days as a non-employee of Newsweek. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did some research gigs at Connie Nast for a year, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. So that's a good way to get in to a magazine and not have to go the traditional editorial assistant route is you go copy yeah. editing or research. Okay. That said, the jobs now have been slashed like everything else. There used to be probably five or six in each department for or each magazine. Yeah. And it was kind of like the little secret way in journalism to get in at these magazines. And instead of, I was an hourly employee. So I think I made 33 an hour, which was way better than 28,000 a year, which was what an Uh, editorial assistant made at Condé Nast back in 2006. And I think that's probably still what they're making today. That's so sad. So using your writing skills for different types of 
gigs, whether it's running social media for Netflix or uh, a friend of mine who was at Entertainment Weekly was director of content for HBO. Wow. I think he has now moved on to another similar type of gig. But I think you imagine. I know. I mean, it sounds like a dream gig, right? It does. I mean, but it sounds also sounds like a huge gig. But I think that there's just different ways to get jobs in a field you're interested in that pay more. Like another colleague just went out to work for Apple and he was at several different travel and fashion magazines Uh in New York. And he somehow got a job as a content creator for Apple. Wow. A lot of my San Francisco friends work for Instagram and, you know, they're traditional journalists. So, yeah, but they're not like writing journalistic pieces, but they're using their ability to write concisely to do things like Instagram. I don't know what a content creator does at Instagram, but I think they're writing any words you see anywhere under Instagram. Hi. Do you like podcasts? I hope so, because you're listening to one. If you like podcasts, I have something else you might like. Audiobooks. Libro FM is the first and only company that lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your local bookstore. P.S. We have two of those here in Nashville. You can pick from hundreds of thousands of audiobooks, including I Miss You When I Bleak, written by Ladyland's own Mary Laura Philpot. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, feeding the chickens, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. Ladyland listeners, you get a special offer. Three audiobooks for the price of one. That's $14.99 with your first month of membership. Use the code LADYLAND at checkout. For more information, visit ladyland.show slash Libro. It's really easy. Let's talk about blogs. I think we started ours in the same year, 2007? Yes, we're OGs. OGs. That's what the kids call it, I think. 100%. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Act like we're cool for a second. Yours is still so active. Yeah. You post at least once a week, but you post like every, like, two times (sighs) a week? I used to post Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because I'm very type A, and I'm like... (laughs) journalist minded I know I can't do that anymore because we do you write too much I write too much every year I'm like I'm gonna write less and now my posts are 5,000 words I'm like how is that granted I read them I mean I I mean that's good read the whole damn (laughs) 5,000 word thing on I'm like what was the last one tourism marketing yeah but they're like to I know I can't crank that out brevity has never been my strong suit so no but you know I it doesn't take me a, a long time to write a lot of words. It takes me yeah, longer to... Yeah, at this to, point, I bet you can just dump it out. And it's pretty good to go. Like, mine needs a lot of editing well, still. Well, I mean, something that has to do with the industry, I write a lot about Instagram engagement yep. and how everyone's gaming the system and how you shouldn't do that and how you shouldn't put your marketing dollars into people who game the system. Yep. So things like that, I'll pound out on a drive. Like, Scott always drives. So last week, we were on our way to Bristol. So we had, like, three or four hours ahead of us. And I wrote, like, three blog posts as drafts. But then they need a lot of revisions because, I mean, it really is just like a brain dump onto a Word document. And one of those posts I wrote, we got asked to do two different governor's conference keynotes out of that post, like for different states on the other side of the country. So the type of people are reading them that are important to our business model. And we're doing a lot more speaking. So I do. I'm very mindful. 
of everything that I put out there. Yes. And a lot of times I just want to be up on my soapbox and but preach to everyone. But those are your everyone. best posts. I mean, I... I can tell when you're mad. Oh, those are the 5,000 word ones. Yeah, those are the 5,000 <laughs> word ones. But I'm like that too. I know. It's the just, best ones, it's when I have something to say. I know. It's the same philosophy as when you're really mad at someone and you write out an email and it's like, oh, sleep yeah. on it or give it oh, a weekend. Yeah. And then you always <laughs> inevitably revise it two or three uh-huh. times. That's how I go about those type of blog posts. I'll yeah. pound them out, give it a couple of days. And then we'll really work through, like, what are we missing? How do I yes. tighten this up so it doesn't just sound like I'm trying to preach and tell everyone what they're doing wrong? Because one thing I've learned is that if you write a post like that, you need to provide some actionable tips so that it isn't just like, you're doing this wrong and this wrong. And it's like, you're you really good doing at that. This, but you could be doing this and it would benefit your business so much more. And, you know, we have a travel blog, Camels yes. and Chocolate, but I feel like we've kind of become a voice of reason in this industry because you we've have. been on all the sides of it. We've been on the, I mean, Scott has a journalism background too. We've both been on the side of like working for the publisher. You know, we've had this blog for 12 years now that, yeah. you know, is part of our business. We work for DMOs, which are um, destination management organizations that run the tourism boards. Yeah. Our CVBs, Convention Visitors Bureaus. It's like Nashville. I never visit, remember what that stands yeah, for. Yeah, Visit Nashville or Visit Music City is yes. a CVB. They call themselves the CVC to it's so con- confuse people even more. But most of our clients now are cities or like state tourism boards. So okay. we've worked with everyone from like Savannah, New Orleans, Lexington, Kentucky. Literally everyone. Literally everyone. No, I mean, not everyone, but a lot. We've worked with a lot of different yeah. states. And then we definitely have our target list of states we'd still love to work with that we haven't yet. Ooh. Like Oregon will not write us back for anything. I've never been to Oregon. Scott was born there. It's, your, so, it's his um, birthright. I know it is his birthright. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we work a lot with like the state of Tennessee has been great because they provide education to their partners, which are oh, literally yeah, do those workshops. Yeah, that we found that teaching workshops and doing speaking gigs is a way to continue to like grow our business yeah. without giving more work to ourselves. Like I love when I do a speaking gig because the second I'm off stage, it's done versus when we yeah. go on a trip for a content campaign. We're there for five oh, days, constantly shooting, and then we go home, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, it's right. you've got five edit. days you've of got editing yes. and all." So it's been really nice to kind of God. vary it, and you know, I was yeah. getting a little bit burnt out just all the words and photos we were doing. Yeah. So, so how many different ways do you make money? Okay, mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. These are gonna be called the dumbest things when I say them. <laughs> writing, speaking, teaching, mm-hmm. blogging. But that's writing. But writing blogging. for no. magazines, take it. blogging. Um, Those are four things. I've had the most random gigs. Like, I'm very much a yes girl. So if someone says, someone offers me a job that, like, seems like something I could do and the paycheck seems worth it, like, I'll consider it. And so I worked for Trivial Pursuit. I did four different games, wrote all the cards for them. (laughs) And when I say I, Scott obviously did a lot of that because (laughs) science, no way, no how am I going to, I'm going to be like, I could come up with one question, but we were coming up with 400 questions per game. But it's actually harder than you think because no, I I think it's hard. You have to do two to three backup sources for each question and they have to, I mean, it's so specific the guide you know you can't use wikipedia for example right so okay. you have to have like a dot gov or a dot edu or i mean it's oh just, you have to prove the answer yes okay. three I mean, of times. course you do yeah three times wow wow so i mean even though there's things that i know in my mind i've written about so much and then i can't find this fact somewhere then i can't use it which that i like sounds... in a world of fake news it's nice people still value fact checking so yeah good job trivial pursuit yeah, I hasbro i know so shout out call to hasbro. us call us for the next game right call call us i need sponsors yeah 
Acro. Let's talk about acro. Let's I'm not going to call acro. it acro yoga. Well, you can call it acro yoga. No, it's just acro. Just acro. Well, do you remember when you used to come to acro with me? I'm going to start. I'm going to come back. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. There's, there's a yoga studio in town that teaches acro. Yeah. And it's, I don't even know how to describe acro. It's yoga. It's partner yoga. It's circus yoga. It's, yes. I mean, it's rooted in both yoga and acrobatics. And a lot of people who do it were former cheerleaders or gymnasts. I could never be a gymnast because I was not flexible enough. So I think that I like acro because it makes me feel like I can do all these things as an adult. Same. It's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. So much fun. I feel like as adults, we don't have enough fun. So I like have no. a standing meeting on Wednesday afternoons from 12 to 2 where I don't have anything but acro. And so if people yeah. ask me, oh, can we meet then? I'm like, oh, sorry. I already have a meeting schedule, but really it's Or like yoga. me, you'll say, yes, I will be at the yoga studio. Yes, you, you can, can join me. And I did. You did. I like it because it's, I don't use my body that way. Yeah. I know that I'm strong because I lift weights with a personal trainer. Like I'm aware of things I can do with my body, but acro is a whole other thing. I, I was like, oh, I can hold up a person with a foot. I know. And people think, you know, I always hear from women, oh, I'm not strong enough. Oh, I can't do that. I'm like, you can do it. You can even, oh if my you God. think you can't, you can do it. It's not as hard as it looks. It just takes yeah. a little bit of practice like anything. And it's a lot of fun. It's great for communication. You learn to work with it's people. It's great for communication. You learn to work with all sorts of personality types, which I think you can apply to any business that yeah. you run. Because there have definitely been plenty of people in my four years of Acro I've not cared for. But you know what? Like, there are a lot of people we've worked with in the past I haven't cared for. And yeah. you just have to learn how to compromise and get past that. And so I think Acro has been really good for me and that I've just been exposed to a lot of different personalities. Yeah. Shout out to Steadfast and True Yoga. Okay. Before I move to the end, which is some quick rapid fire questions, anything I left out or anything you want to hit before we wrap it up? Well, another thing we've gotten really into in the last year. Yes, let's talk about the murals. Is public art. Yes. And again, it's like acro. It's just a passion that's, you know, evolved into something that's so important to us. And so we, a year ago, started our own mural program. Um, We started a public benefit corporation in the state of Tennessee installing public art in Coffee County. A year ago, we just met an artist who was painting at Walden at the time when it opened. And I saw her work on Instagram. Oh, it's her. Oh, it's her. Her Instagram you handle. Should have her on. I should. Atara Aversa is her name, and she's TMA murals. That, I was like, I knew Instagram. it was an initial. Okay. Yeah, that was her first mural. She did. She works at. I didn't um, know Walden was her first. Mm-hmm. The mural's good. She was doing all of Walden inside and out, and I saw her on Instagram. And I just messaged her. I said, Hey, we want to start a public art program. Would you be interested? And she and her fiance came down and met us at Chiffy Burger. I love it. those tater tots. Delicious. Yeah. We ate at Chiffy Burger. We walked around the square, and she was inspired. And she did this huge American flag with a magnolia overlaid on it. So pretty. And so that was kind of our first foray into public art. But yeah, that was a different type of project for us because we'd never gone out and straight up fundraised. And Scott literally just went around and like knocked on doors, introduced himself, said, hey, we want to do this. And we raised enough for the first mural. And then we did a second one. I think we, we did some like fundraising events and raised some for that and put in our own money as well. Got two artists out of Nashville to do that, um, Moby and Folick are very prolific artists up here. Then we had a 
an arts festival in oh, October, yeah. and we installed two different murals. Well, one was three walls in a river. That's what I thought, yeah. Which is crazy. And then the other was a full, like, three sides of a cube, what they called this green monster protruding out yes. of the side of the greenway in Manchester Parks and Recreation. I haven't conference. seen that in person, but I remember your stories. Yeah, so um, that, I should add, is not something that makes us money. On the flip side, <laughs> we spend a lot of money and time yeah. doing that. But that's kind of like our version of philanthropic work because we're giving back to the community. And we're on several different boards. We're on the Teloma Art Center board. Scott's been on the Historic Zoning Commission board. Um, so that's just our way of using our skill set to improve the community. Um, because, you know, we travel a lot, so we're not there a lot. So when we're there, we can be beautifying it with art. So Are you ready for rapid fires? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Fire, fire away. Okay. Beer or bourbon? Oh, gosh. See, this is already hard. Depends on the time of year. Beer in the summer, bourbon, basically October through March. I'll allow it. Taylor or Beyonce? Oh, Taylor. There's, like, <laughs> not even a question. <laughs> I you, laughed when I wrote that down. <laughs> did you hear the part where I just went to seek out a Taylor mural? <laughs> I did. I was yeah. like, how much of this will she talk about Taylor Swift before yeah, I get to the rapid fire? Yeah. Okay. Think about Acro. If you could have any celebrity be your base... Who would it be? The base is the person that holds you while there's a base and a flyer. I mean, I feel like I can't say a guy because Scott's here. So, I mean, I would have to go with, I mean, I have like some major celebrity girl crushes. Like, let's go there. Kristen Bell or Jennifer Lawrence. How fun would they be to be in like an acro trio with? Please bring Kristen Bell to our class. Yes. And then maybe like Emma Stone could be like the second spotter. You know what? That's a great answer. Yeah. So, but I don't, I'm like Jennifer Lawrence, but. I would probably let her base me. She feels like she's, oh, you know, she's she like could do it. Hearty Kentucky blood. She could totally she could do, do it. it. Yeah. Okay. What is your, doesn't have to be number one. What is a place you, that's on your travel destination list that you haven't been to yet? Oh. Top of the list. I really want to go to the Faroe Islands. Where? I don't which even know like, what that is. Like an hour and a half flight from Iceland. Okay. So I've really loved that rugged landscape. Like I lived in Scotland undergrad for like half a year. Okay. And I love that just windswept, chilly coastal climate. And it's, you know, similar landscape to like Iceland and Denmark, but not as heavily trafficked. Like it's pretty, still pretty remote. And then How do you spell it? Faroe, F-A-R-O-E Islands. Okay. And then on the flip side of things, I want to go to the Falkland Islands, which are down off the coast of Chile. Okay. Like way down there. Okay. But you have to take, I think, a pretty small plane from from down there. So okay, it's a pass for me. Yeah, no. Last question. Mm-hmm. You cannot explain your answer. What is your guilty pleasure song? <gasps> guilty pleasure. Mm. Taylor Swift is not a guilty pleasure. Drops of Jupiter. Oh. Does that count? You're fired. <laughs> You just won the worst answer. Okay. Well, also Taylor Swift <laughs> covers Drops of Jupiter in one of she? her live albums, and it's pretty great. Oh, God. Now that song's going to be in my head all it's night. I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to put it on my Instagram <laughs> story tonight. Oh, rub in that I don't have music. Rub it in. <laughs> oh. Rub it in. I have music and you don't. I hate you so much. <laughs> Kristen. Thanks for joining us here at Ladyland. This was really fun. This was really fun. All right. Well, I'm going to tag Kristen everywhere in the show notes so you can follow her. The name of your blog, Camels and Chocolate. Yes. And everywhere, you're at Lunatic at Large. I am. That blue check mark. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. I'm Kim Baldwin, and that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us. To find full show notes, head over to ladyland.show. And if you know a lady that I need to meet, slip into my DMs. You can find me at ladyland underscore podcast on Instagram. 
This podcast is produced by Mary Catherine Rooker and brought to you by We Own This Town. Logo by Elizabeth Williams. Music by UDrive. Download anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have a minute, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review Ladyland. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.